what I am is a giant breasted bro. You know what I mean? Like, I come from a long line of bros. It's really a tragic thing when a bro tries to date me because I'm like, I know what's happening here. Like, it's a fucking don't play games with me. Hello, and welcome to Here in LA, at Water Village Edition. Today, we sit down with Sabrina C., a native Angelino who's a writer, a producer, a huge Dodger fan, and someone who will rate your schween if you PayPal her the correct amount. She's also hilarious on her Twitter and Instagram feeds, and once got iced by Vanilla Ice. But she has way more interesting things to talk about than that, so let's get to it. We are here with Sabrina Cognata. Cognata. Yeah, I just say it the the boring white way. My dad's Sicilian, so it's cuñata. Cuñata. It means sister-in-law. Wow. Like, it sounds very similar to sister-in-law in Spanish. Uh-huh. Do you know how to say sister-in-law in Spanish? It's basically cuñata. Cuñata. Okay. I think there's a, the, the spellings are maybe a little different. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, you were born in L.A.? No, actually, I was born in the desert. All of my siblings are born in L.A. but me. My dad was district attorney in Imperial Valley. And when I was like nine months old, he didn't win re-election. And at nine months old, he's from the valley. So we just came back to the valley. So I've lived my entire life here. But what I am is a desert being. Mm. Which people forget that L.A. is a desert when they're like, it, it's so brown. I'm like, yeah, it is. Uh, do you read the Desert Oracle? I don't. Oh. Why? Am I missing really good bullshit stories? Well, I mean, if you think the UFOs are bullshit. I mean, I don't think they're bullshit, but I also am just like, I feel like we have enough problems on this planet. Like, let's focus on (laughs) this planet. Unless they're like coming to be like, we're taking over and I'll be like, yeah, might as well. We're not doing a good job of it. How many brothers and sisters do you have? There are six of us in total. Um, I have two brothers and three sisters. All I ever see, okay, first of all, you are a big personality on Twitter, uh, also Instagram. I only hear you talk about your sister. Uh, well, I, I say sister, but I'm it's interchangeable. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, you have to guess which sister. Everybody just thinks it's always Gia who's, like, that sister. Uh, but Gia, like, attached herself to me when we were kids and was just like, you, whatever you do, I want to do it. And so, Aww. I mean, that's a lot of, like, what we have done. But um, I have, like, a sister who uh, her husband used to coach on the Padres. And so she's the baseball sister. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and Cause, then Because you're a big baseball fan. I am a big Dodger fan. There's I see a Mookie, Mookie uh, Betts. Uh, that, that box behind you actually has a bunch of Dodger stuff in it. I just haven't had a chance to go through it. It's a Mookie Betts um, votive candle. Yes, it is. I'm like, oh, God. You know, I should have brought you a gift. Maybe I'll come by later and give you some baseball cards. Do you collect baseball cards? I, I The only baseball card I have, I don't collect them. The only baseball card I have is Eric Karros from, like, 1993. <laughs> because he, like, my mom is a sports guy. My dad isn't. He's an intellectual. So he thinks it's bullshit. Um, but my mom is like a diehard, like Dodger, Laker, like now the Rams are back. She's like a hundred in on the Rams. Did she go to the games? My mom doesn't always go to the games, but she, her TV is as big as like the back wall here. Really? And so she's just like living her sports guy dreams, you know, like. What high school did you go to? I went, uh, well, I did two years at Providence High School, which is the Catholic high school in Burbank on the NBC lot. And then I graduated from Agora High School. My parents moved the like the end of uh, sophomore year. 
To Agora. To Agora, yeah. So I grew up with all the Calabasas bullshit and all the like, what, all that. What bullshit are you talking about? I mean, it's like a level of wealth that most people in the city don't understand. Like the most richest places, I mean, you want to say like Malibu, but it's like of a given because it's on the water. But like most people don't understand that it's like literally a 12 minute drive from like my parents' front door to the beach. So, and, and we, I mean, when I was in high school, there was the beach bus in the summer. You would give 50 cents and they'd take you to like fucking leo carrillo and you could just hang out all day or do whatever you want like zuma and then leo you know what i mean so like 50 cents was this the rtd was this it was like a yellow school bus you would just like and <laughs> we lived really close so you could just like walk over there with your like bag and flip-flops and just be like i'm gonna live my best life um so every teenager probably was hopping on this bus right well it, it's again it's a, a gore calabasas when I went there, which was a hundred thousand years ago, like every my parent, my dad bought me a Chevy Monte Carlo, a 1998 Chevy Monte Carlo, and he was like, "You can hit anything, and anything can hit you, and you'll survive." It's a cop car, right? It it is looks like the, it's like what I would call the human grade Crown Vic, um, and. Uh, Everybody else had BMWs or Mercedes. Like, uh, I think, and I'm going to say this wrong, and I always do Audi, Audi, um, whatever it is. Uh, it was like those three cars. Make it in America if you want us to pronounce it right. I mean, whatever it is. Like, my dad is a guy that says drawer, draw. You know what I mean? So I'm like, look, you know, like he, as a small boy, grew up in Brooklyn. So he comes with all the, like, oh, go to the Bureau. I'm like, what the fuck is a Bureau? Um, so because the kids were rich, they would just drive themselves. Yeah, they would the just beach? drive themselves. You would like I. My, so were you alone on this school bus? Yeah, by the because I was there at the end of sophomore year, there wasn't like you know what I mean. In a way, it was easier just to be like I'm getting on the school bus just to come and go. But like a lot of times, you would just you could just drive. My parents were really strict and controlling, and I was the oldest kid, so like I didn't fight with them a lot. They, it would be like, well, you just, the cars for going to school, and it'd be like, okay, fine. Like I'm not. But my mom, God bless my mom's heart, she grew up in, like, abject poverty. Oh. Like, she didn't have uh, indoor plumbing until she was, like, Where was this? 16. In, in El Centro, like, right on the Baja. Like, right, like, like, I, my dad decided to buy diesel the day before I was born. And my mom was like, you could have been born in Mexicali because we went to, Mex you could have been a Mexican, Sabrina. Um, you know what I mean? So, like, she, she grew up on 80 acres in the desert with no, like, no, no indoor plumbing until she was 16. So, wait. At the gas station, he sees your mom. Oh, no. Okay, so there's two different stories. The story my mom told us is that, uh, you know, they knew each other through the court system or something. She also told this other story that got Gia in big trouble because it was that she was riding on a white horse and she ran into my dad. So, like, we didn't question it. Like, my, my mom, uh, she grew up with a lot of trauma and she uh, has a lot of borderline personality tendencies mm. if not full-blown borderline personality disorder mm. and so like you have to like understand like what the reality is and like i've heard a, a, a variety of different stories about how my mom and dad met um but like i don't think they know that i know like right before the pandemic started i was gonna try to like find this guy to get the full story but now i'm just like just let just don't don't be poking the bear like i like the white horse myth you know, well, yeah, the white horse, the white horse myth is what we'll call that. Gia went to school and told everybody and the teacher, like, put her in the corner. And my mom is a psycho. So she went in and was like, you can't put my kid in the corner. You can't do that shit. <laughs> like, like, I'm going to fight everybody here. I'll pull my kids from your shitbag school. Wow. Um, and that's a lot of what we dealt with. Agora High, did you say? Yeah, I was at Agora. I graduated from Agora. Was your family wealthy at all? I think that we could have been really wealthy if my parents didn't have 45,000 kids. 
You know what I mean? Like what uh, did every kid have a, a room in the house? Your own room? Everybody. Uh, the oldest kids did. I mean, it was like we, my parents were running a farm. Like one of my uncles lived with us for a while. You know what I mean? Like he was the uncle. So a lot of why we love baseball is because of him. He coached at Harvard Westlake and he also uh, the San Val Little League is where they did the Bad News Bears. And, like, I think it's where the sex scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, like oh, the little dugout? dugout. It's, uh, I think it's San Val, which I think may have a different name. But we grew up hanging out on San Val, like, in that fucking little dirt, shitty shit bag, no real green grass, Little League. You know what I mean? Like, like just hanging out. And, like, I, I you know... Because you, before this started, you had brought up, like, my big internet personality. Like, we would go to a baseball diamond, or my dad would take me to, like, a fucking, my, my dad's cousin Brad, my second cousin, had a muffler shop. And we'd, on a Saturday, you'd wake up early just to get, like, breakfast with my dad. But then I'd have to spend, like, half a day in a muffler shop, shit-talking, grown-ass, like, grease monkeys. So, like, you know, I, <laughs> I, I didn't grow up, like, with... Uh, my mom is really beautiful and feminine in that way the, of pr presentation, but none of us open our mouths and are like, oh, excuse me, ha ha ha. <laughs> I'm like, I've been hanging out in garages, motherfucker. Like, no. In sophomore year of college, I broke my neck in a car accident. Which sophomore year of when? Uh, college. Where so, were you in college? Uh, CSUN. Okay. So like it didn't really change anything. You know what I mean? Like I was just like in a hospital bed in my parents' house and I took like a year off, immediately went back to school the second they were like, you can go back and was just like, I'm graduating on time. Uh, but awesome. by, by like senior year, I was like, I'm ready to let loose. That's like probably when I started to party. I won a million dollar settlement. Really? Uh-huh. And uh, I spent most of it partying, but not like, like, j yes, on drugs, but also like, I would just be like, let's just get a hotel room and just like keep fucking partying at like the Mondrian or like, you know, the standard, like, fuck all these people. We'll get a, a corner suite. Somebody will have drugs. Somebody always has drugs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what were your favorite drugs? Um, I'm an alcoholic, so alcohol, <laughs> alcohol is my favorite drug that I don't touch anymore. I, I smoke weed. I still like write about weed, weed occasionally. What uh, alcohol were you drinking? What What do you have? Anything, like, really. Like So true alcoholic. I mean, yes and no. It would just be like, what's the vibe of today? Like I could show up if we were going to have like a writer's meeting, I would be the only person that would show up with like a fucking 24, like maybe a 24 pack of Heineken, a 24 pack of fucking Coronas. And then I would probably bring like maybe uh, something light, like a vodka, a bottle of vodka or a rum. And then maybe like a tequila or a whiskey, depending on where I was and what I wanted to happen in the room. Ooh. You know what I mean? A lot of that was setting the temperature and also controlling the narrative. If ever, you know what I mean? Cause then the people who aren't drinking, I'm like, why? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on with you? Um, I got sober February 29th, uh, 2016. Leap day, leap year. Uh, and I had known I wanted to get sober probably for about over a year at that point. But, like, they don't really write an instruction manual on how to fucking do that. Like, they do an AA, but, like, I'm a narcissist and I was raised by two narcissists. So I was like, there's got to be a way to do this. You were able to kick alcoholism by yourself? Yeah, well, I, so I'd, I'd stopped doing, um, I'd stopped doing happy hours. I started working out during happy hour. So like, if, if like you, you follow me, you follow my feed, like I'll put a 
a photo of uh, like a sunset up if I'm doing like an outdoor anything, which is really like a merit for me to be like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to today. Um, and I know that they say statistic. I love a statistic. It's, I do a lot of sales writing. A, a statistic can sell anything. And so it's, I sell myself statistics all the time. You know, they say like, you, you, if you wake up and make your bed, your life gets fucking better. Like, you know, I just, it's like taking good advice. So I started like reading books about this shit. Your bed's made. It is, it's always made. By the way, your apartment is spectacular. Oh, really? Yes. It's it's not the largest, but sometimes when you have a, I would say an average size apartment, and it, it becomes cluttery. This is not cluttery. Oh, I get rid of stuff all the time. But everything has its place. You have, you have really good style. Um, a lot of 70s um, vibe in here. But... This is a very nice place. Thank you. How long have you lived here? I've lived here since 2014, January 1, 2014. So you got sober in this apartment. I did get sober. It was so funny. I went to see a tarot reader and she's like, this is the apartment you figure your life out in and you're there for a while. And speaking of, you've got some. Uh, like, I do have tarot cards out. I pulled who, some last night, but I haven't really looked at it. Who designed this? This is uh, the Crystal Unicorn deck by Pamela Chen. I would never nail well, you down as a crystal person, but there's crystals. Well, there is, but also it's like mind over matter. If I don't mind, I, it shouldn't matter. You know what I mean? Like in fixing my life, in like com overcoming, breaking my neck, I had to have a deep faith that like there could be something else. Um, even though I was like, after I like got my neck up, it didn't get better, but like I looked better because I like went through a windshield. I was scalped. I broke my neck in four places. I fractured the base of my skull. Like it's, it, it was such intense shit. And I had to have a belief that I, ha I, I, I was like, why didn't I die? You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be doing this. And, 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 and you don't believe in God. I believe there's, there's some, there's, there is something like, I don't know what it is. If it's just like more energy or something. Uh, but there is something for sure. Um, and you're, you're seeking that when you go into these crystals and well, the tarot no, cards. the tarot cards actually are Jungian theory. Oh, and cause it's symbols. It's, it's, you know, you're looking at what the symbol is here. And so like, you know, I'm not believing in magic. I'm believing in the pattern of the universe, which, uh, a fucking, uh, doctor of science uh, was about, you know what I mean? Like, like this doesn't mean my life is going to get better. It's like in the perspective of my life, the sun, things are going pretty well. Like stop. Don't, why are you focusing on like the one thing? Like, Water Village is not fake. No, it's very, very real. Um, there's some picture in my phone for when it's established. I, I do a lot of neighborhood walks. I like, I think that's how you discover your neighborhood and it's why I love this neighborhood. Very walkable neighborhood. It is probably one of the most walkable. I've lived all over the city and like this is the most walkable neighborhood I have ever lived in. Yeah. Like. Have you ever walked uh, down the river? I have. Because I, I hear you can go all the way to Long Beach on this the bike path here. It's the well, yeah. It's the you just stay on the bike path yeah. for till forever. You it's know crazy. what I mean? Uh, well, and you can go deep into the valley too. You know what I mean? Like question for you then: yes. Is Atwater Village the valley? No, because we are a three uh, two one three. I think uh, three two forget, three. I'm asking you because first of all, we're on the other side of the river. True. 
Um, and you have an 818 phone number. I did, but I'm from the Valley, and I've had that for so long. I know, I know but I'm holding that against Atwater. Okay, okay. Um, but do you consider Glendale or Burbank the Val? They're it, their own area. They are, aren't they? You know what I mean? I would, I would clump them into the Valley if I didn't want to tell anybody where I was. Like if I was, <laughs> I do all my errands in Burbank still to this day, and I, I always have because like I grew up on the North Hollywood Burbank border, like where you cross the street, it goes from green street signs <laughs> to blue street signs. You know what I mean? Um, and there's a lot of cool stuff in Glendale and Burbank. Well, it's 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 like. I like the I like Atwater Village because it is adjacent to like everything city and the East Side life, which isn't exactly the East Side, but let's just take it for what it is. Um, and then you know, like how I'm lumping in uh, fucking Burbank and Glendale with the Valley. Like, yeah, I like to go into the Valley and do my errands. It is just makes more sense. Like, yeah. like I have to get a bunch of shit done. Like, also that Trader Joe's in Silver Lake. I don't even go to it. But it's just the bottleneck. I don't and so why would anybody go through that if 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 they lived in Atwater, right? I don't go do any of my shopping over there. Like I'll walk over there to get a cup of coffee or something, but like we have like three good coffee shops on my street. Why the fuck would I go into Silver Lake? You know what I mean? Do you enjoy being close to a Dunkin' Donuts? Uh yeah, a lot of dudes on social media, I when they ask me if I like I get guys who are like, Let me buy you something. And so like I'll be like, Can you buy me a gift card to Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> I mean, it, it's, a, you know, they can always get something off my wish list, but I'm like, I'll always use that, like, no matter what. So you have your Amazon wish list on your bio. Yes, I do. And men will buy pretty so much. So many things in this apartment are from them. What's the most expensive thing that you've gotten from a strange man just because you had an Amazon wish list? I got a really nice air filter during the fires because like this guy would DM me all the time and he'd be like, how are you? How are your cats? And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to get an air filter. I think like, I'm, I don't care if I die, but I'm afraid for my cat. No. And he, he was just like, put one on your wish list and I'll buy it for you. Uh, how much was it? It was like a hundred bucks or something like that. I mean, there's it's here, so practical. Listen, well, I am pretty practical though. You know what I mean? Like I'll put weird fun stuff on there, but like, you know, when the stuff I'm putting on there is like, do I want this yet? Yes. Like, okay. Obviously. So he gives you the filter. Do you feel better towards him? Actually, there's been a bunch of stuff. Uh, guys have bought but, me, but, but hold on. All right. Did you feel better towards him? I felt, well, I'd already been having a conversation. I don't know if it made me feel better. I already had like, he likes to talk about baseball with me. And so, like, I already liked talking to him, and it was, like, such a nice thing to do that I was just, like, it didn't seem like it had merit to make me want to be with him or something. Like, he's never been weird in that way. It was, like, when your friend has a bunch of money and you're, like, I'm so poor, but I wouldn't even say I was so poor. I was just, like, oh, I got to do this. It was just, like, oh, let me take care of that for you. But also, I'm Italian. I'm Sicilian. Like, I come from a, a type of people where, like, the love language is, oh, I got a guy for that. Like, you know, like, let me take care of that for you. Where's a good Italian restaurant well, around what, here? What kind of Italian food do you want? Do you want, like, gutter Italian food or do you want that white people clean Italian food? You know what I mean? I want it to taste good. I, if I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to eat, like, like, I will go to Pinocchio's in Burbank um, and get the egg plant parm and the antipasta salad. Uh, and, like, I, I... I I'm not looking for like that that fine dining experience. I ask because a lot of people say, well, a lot of people who aren't from LA say there's no good Italian in uh, no good Italian food in LA. And but when I talk to Italian people, they always have the place they like. That's right. There's a bunch of different places. Here's the thing: I don't want to go to an Italian restaurant. I can cook all that shit. Why would I? You know what I mean? So where do you want to go? 
to, to eat in general. Yeah. I honestly haven't really been eating out during the pandemic. I'll do like sidewalk cafe in uh, on Vermont. Like just like easy, clean. I know what I'm getting. Like what I realized is I don't cook poorly. And so in the pandemic, I started getting really, I'm Italian, so I'm getting food angry. If I'm spending like $40,000 on a meal and it's okay, I'm pissed. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that your restaurant stays open, but like, really? Like, don't fucking feed me shit. And so like, I started doing all my own cooking, which I, I grew up doing. So like, you know. Is your mom a good cook? My mom's a horrible cook. She puts everything in a pot and boils it. I'm like, oh my God, it's goulash. Fuck. So do all of your siblings feel that same way about your mom's cooking? Oh, for sure. My mom feels that way about her cooking. She didn't want to do the cooking. You know what I mean? Like, What did she want to do? She want, She didn't, didn't want to do the cooking. You know what I mean? Like, It's like my parents, like, my parents are like the last of their generation where it's like he does all of the work and she deals with all of the home stuff. Ah. And like, you know, part of that was cooking. It's what I learned to cook because I was like, I cannot eat more boiled meat. Speaking about families, you work on a podcast of two moms. Yes, I do. They are kind of untraditional moms. Very. Um, very boisterous. Um, what's your role in this podcast? Um, the podcast is called Never Thought I'd Say This. It is a parenting podcast. I think there's a lot of good life advice. The hosts are Jody Sweeten, who you all may know from Full House. And I don't know from Full House. What? What? Who, she's which Stephanie kid? Which Tanner. Stephanie Tanner. Yes. You know, I think I'm too old for Full House. I mean, it is a, it hit right. What's interesting is like Jody's from LA and I'm from LA, but our paths really never crossed until we both stopped partying. Um, I was like, it's because we would have died together, dude. Um, so she was a little older than the Olsen twins? Yeah, she was the middle child. I see. And uh, she, I think she had the, uh, the, the catchphrase, but I can't think of what it is because I'm like, was it wasn't your show. Yeah, well, it was. It, you know what? I did watch it. Like, it's interesting because, like, you know, doing that show with her, I got to go to John Stamos's house to record the podcast. Um, Is he as handsome as everybody says? He's so charming, dude. Like, I'm like a person that doesn't buy a long line of bullshit. And I was just like, wow. Like, I was taking, you know, I produce a podcast. Like, I do all of, I'm a shitty tech person, but I can write a good script to be like, here's what we should talk about. Here's the bullet points. Like, stay on target. Keep them on time. Um, and John was just like, we're not doing any of that today. Like we were in his music studio recording. So it's like, all, I love, like I'm a music person and like a baseball person. And he had like just such crazy beach boys memorabilia. And I'm trying to act like a normal person. What? Is he really a musician? Cause he just plays bongos. He on... plays the drums. He has a drum set. Like a real drum a set. A real drum set. So like, he, I think he's on tour tour them right now but it, it was right after bob had passed away so it was like you know uh going into a small room being like like experiencing this very private grief these people had because they were very close with him and like like if you're gonna listen to if you're listening to this you're gonna listen to any episode i will recommend that because it is a incredibly touching episode but also like at the end when i'm taking like the photo of all of them on the because he has the full house sofa so we bring in the sofa into this the, into the studio <laughs> and we we record this podcast and i take a photo of them and he's like oh i just love taking a photo with uh five beautiful women and then he goes i'm talking about you too sabrina and you know what i'll die taking that compliment from fucking john stamos but like you know what i mean it's like a level of like understanding the business and like including the producer which very few like stars of his level do like that's why i was like okay guy i see you also he's a disney collector the wildest shit i've ever seen huh. um which i don't even know if i'm allowed to say but i'm just gonna say he's a disney collector and it was in it just like stuff where i was like he owns what <laughs> 
So I've got a friend who's uh, a journalist uh -huh. who specializes in Disney. I'll pitch him that idea. If you can get a go to John Stamos and uh, he, get a little tour. He like there is a Tiger Beat article on on the wall in his office, and it literally says like the perfect first date is going to Disneyland, and it's from like when he had his like like General Hospital or whatever haircut, General Hospital days. You know what I mean? I'm like this man be loving Disneyland for real. And if I had read that, I'd be like total baloney. He's just pandering to, to the Tiger Beat girl. I thought that too, but then Jody was like, no, he loves Disneyland. You know what I mean? Because I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I was like, wow. And and so maybe this charmingness and this appreciation for the entire it's project, including the producers, is why we never hear anything terrible about him. Let me ask you about your most controversial Dodger currently on the Bauer, roster. Are we doing Bauer? Trevor Bauer. Yeah, yeah. What's your take? I mean, well, he... hold on. Can can you spell it out for people who don't know the what okay, the controversy so, is? Okay, so well, I know more about this. You can cut this, but I'll tell you this. Oh. Um, so well, no, no, don't don't let me cut anything. So well, I, I well I can't tell you this because I'm not supposed to know it. So you have to cut this. Then but don't I'll tell, tell me it. Okay, then I won't. Um, so it, the way that I understand it. He was texting with a woman in, like, San Diego or Orange County. She was a chick that used to fuck all the Padres, which are like, you know. <laughs> this is why I want you to explain it. She, well, it, 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 it was in the news. But I would never have said it that way. She, but she did. I mean, look, dude. If you, I didn't know she was like that. He, for whatever reason, they had started a report, and, uh, you know, it, it became sexual. And she had said that she wanted to have uh, consensually rough sex with him. And, um, and... Uh, and she drove up to L.A. She did drive up to Pasadena because the Pasadena Police Department is the one that d investigated Very this. Very good, yes. And uh, Trevor lives in Pasadena, which I will also tell you is the second, like, probably one of the wealthiest areas. People always think it's Beverly Hills, but, like, that old Pasadena money is old-ass white people money from forever. Is that why Riley Reed moved there? I have no idea, but I'll tell you, it's, if you go into, like, the San Marino, I've dated a bunch of guys out there. If you go into the San Marino area, like, if you go into, like, that right along the creek or whatever. Yeah, Charlie, uh, Char Charlie Chaplin's mansion was over there. The houses there are fucking bonkers. You know what yeah. I mean? You got to be like rich, rich, not like like and, and wealthy. We, and we know Trevor's rich, rich. He is rich, rich. His, his the, the I can't remember what the exact deal my brother would be like. I thought it was like 34 million it's or 40 million crazy, a year. Crazy, and they're still paying. paying he's, he's suspended and they're still having to pay him. That's part yeah. of the, the, the business. But uh, she, he, she came up, I think, twice. Yep. And uh, the I first think the time first was, time was totally normal rough sex. The second time she said that he basically donkey punched her and, and fucking raped her in the ass. And she woke up. And, and he when was, it was happening. And, right. Right. And he didn't stop when she acted all like right. disoriented. But And so um, she sued him. She didn't. I mean, I don't know if she's in a civil lawsuit. I know that she went to the police. She went to the police. And, and the, they opened an investigation, which is like, if any of you watch Law & Order SVU, the assistant DA gets involved. And he's a high priority name. So I'm sure their actual Pasadena DA was involved. And they did an investigation when this all started. You know, the MLB has a very intense policy about violence against women. Yep. Um, is one of the reasons I really like baseball. Even though part of it is like, look, I, I, like, our pitcher, uh, Urias, he 
uh, pushed a, a woman he in a parking lot in front of a bunch of people. It was his wife or his baby mama or something. I think baby mama. And uh, you know what I mean? He got in big trouble and like, you know. Suspended for the rest of the season. It was a big deal and they didn't fuck around. Great pitcher though. Dude, he he. How do you so, feel about him though? Because like, I, I can't, I, you know I can't what? embrace him because I of that. I believe that people can grow and change. Good I for have you. to have hope in that because men are fucking horrible. And my hope is that you all change. And even though I talk shit, I'm like, look, dude, I feel the same way about Trevor Bauer. I'm like, look, the Pasadena Police Department looked into all of this. They did, it, It's so hard to prove. You can't imagine how hard this is to prove. So for her to come forward, yes, there's a part of me that's like, this had to have been real. But also I'm like the law says that there was not enough evidence for them to actually have a buildable case. But if you look back far enough, there's another girl at Cincinnati because he used to play for the Reds who said something similar had happened. So does it sound like a repeated pattern of behavior? Yes. Was there nothing for the police to uh, hold him on and have a whole trial over? Yes. So like he's free to go. The MLB is punishing him right now. Like this every seven day, like we'll talk to you and like, like, we'll talk to you in seven days. And yesterday they were like, cause they suspended him. They suspended him going forward from that point the whole season. But they still pay him. Yeah, well, they have to. It's in the contract. But I don't consider that punishment. Well, it's punishment if you're a psycho like him. My brother follows his like social media really hard. I love his his YouTube's. His he's really here's the thing. He's really smart. He understands the physics of baseball, which people yes. hate. He 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 comes across as a little bit spectrumy, which I think why people think he's weird. Oh. You know what I mean? Because he's doing his whole weird thing, that stick that he's always, like, jerking off with. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's weird. I don't know any other pitchers doing that. But I want my pitchers to be weird. I mean, yes, I do want my pitchers to be weird. I also don't want them to be rapists. True. But So, what's your verdict at the end of the day? I can't. I can't have a verdict. I, do I believe her? Yes. Do I believe that the police don't have the evidence to convict him? Yes. Do I believe that if this is a repeated pattern of behavior, he will do this one more time? And, and you know, the more you do it, the more chances you have to really fuck up? Yes. Do you want him back on your team? I, I don't know if, if it's a want. I think that if they let well, him the, play... The Dodgers are rich. They can just eat the money. They can, but they haven't. And why? You know what I mean? Because I don't think I don't look. There's a video that he posted, la uh, I think last week on the when they were all went to like you know outside spring training camp together at the pr private places. And did you see this? I think so. It's it's the one where he goes in. He's like, well, basically his attitude was like, they can't keep me out of this, so I'm showing up. But all the guys were just like the Blake trying and immediately walked up and was like, what are you doing here? Da da da. And they all start coming up and talking to him about pitching and shit. Like they don't seem to have a fucking problem with it. I think that's the real reason that they got him in the first place was he understood about spin rate. Yes, and he's about, very smart and about, about the, the sticky stuff. Yes. So he knew what the line was. He also knew that MLB was going to crack down on all that stuff. And so who better to have in your in your uh, clubhouse than the guy who understands what the cheating part is and, and how to get away stuff, with it? The real nerd stuff about what baseball actually is. And, and so in a weird way, yes, 40 million is way too much for the number three starter of your team. Not they, that were, I, they were definitely paying him for knowledge. But also, when he pitched, he was great. Let's be honest He here. was good. He was great to watch. And, and he does that weird sword shit. I don't know why I was so into that. I'm like, yeah, fuck them all. Fuck this other team. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Because we don't want baseball to just be shaking hands afterwards. I, good I job. Hate it. Look, dude, I am a person where I'm like, the whole team's going to fight? I mean, like, I am that person. Like, you know, if I was in a bar and there was going to be a bar fight, I remember there, like, this, this, this one dude was like, oh, there's going to be a bar fight. And this really tall guy who'd never been in a fight was like, what should I do? And this guy was like five foot nine. And he was like, pick up the bar stool and wave it over your head. Like you have to just be that person in a bar fight. I would just take my shirt off and the would be like a record scratch. Be like, what the fuck is going on? Have you done that before? Yes. 
Tatis gave the greatest answer the other day. The 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 motorcycle. Yeah, the the reporter said, um, uh, "When did you have your motorcycle accident?" And he said, "In the off season." Basically. He said, "He said which one?" Well, but he, also he's a child. You know what I mean? He's like, a child. He's like a three hundred millionaire, three hundred million dollar heir. Totally deserving. Dude, he's incredible to watch. Okay, like my he's the star of the show. My, my brother in law like was the guy that rehabbed his shoulder the first time. Oh. So, like, you know, I mean, when my sister had a baby, like, Tatis's email, I threw her baby shower. I was just like, I can't believe I have Tatis's email. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. It, that's And that's, again, the folly of being from Los Angeles. Like, it, But the swag this guy has. He's cool. He's nice. He's generous. He's kind. He is exactly what you want him to be. Like, that shit about when Charlie, um, Freddie Freeman, who was on the Braves and now on the first baseman on the Dodger, Charlie was like, when they went to the... First, he was like, Dad, you have to make it to the All-Star game because I want to meet Tatis. And you're not hitting hard enough. You're not doing a good enough job for me to meet Tatis. So when they got there, he was just like, listen, Tatis, my son is in love with you. And like, and they hung out in the dugout the whole time, him and his son. So it's like, you know, that's the stuff that I fucking love about baseball, too. It is a family and it's a community. It's these guys like, um, my brother-in-law wants to start a podcast and he's asked me to help him do it. But it's like about what life is like in the minors because Great. it's horrible, right? And they treat them like shit. Do you watch the YouTube of uh, the minor leaguer and his wife who have traveled around a little bit and lived in hotels and? No, but it's horrible. My my brother in law yeah. has done it. You know what I mean? Like I understand the lifestyle and I feel really bad for them. And I like when people are like, "Oh, this just in the lockout." I'm like, "This really isn't for the big guys." They're they're they know that the guy. There was something I shared on. Um, instagram this week which is a guy showing his tax break from like the, the like for the year from playing minor league baseball it's like eleven thousand yeah. dollars like if your parents aren't rich you're fucked it's 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 a story of you're you have to a baseball. year away from being a millionaire but meanwhile you're you're sleeping for an apartment your teammates and sometimes you. a lot of what they do is they'll have like families that sponsor them Right. So it'd be like a little old lady whose husband is dead who like will not leave them alone. You know what I mean? And they just want to sit in silence and think about the game. It, it's such a hard life. You really have to fucking love baseball to like want to, to but it, do but that. But it makes me hate MLB because here this- We should hate MLB. Here this brand is making more money than ever. Oh yeah, especially since Tw the pandemic. Tw but twice as much as, as 10 years ago. They could they could make it so easily, but instead they're well, trying they, to cut full-time jobs course, in minor they're, leagues. They're, Making it more cutthroat so that it is like more competition. It is in my head. It's almost like you know Survivor or something. Like who can who can with it's the the American myth. Who can withstand the most? What are people missing out when they don't take that trip? Uh, what is that? Hyperion? If you go across the Hyperion Bridge, what you do is you come into the land of where the Beastie Boys reign supreme. Okay? Like, if you ever seen that photo of, like, Ad-Rock hanging off the Atwater Village sign, that's right here where I am. Um, and right up the street next to, like, I can't even think of what the new restaurant's name is. But it's, like, a tennis store. Uh, there, the, the studio that they recorded, uh, Ill Communication, is like upstairs there used to be a workout class that i would go to in that old studio like that's a weird thing about this city it's like yeah probably one of my favorite albums it's like I, I heard ill communication like for for total to be like oh this is the sound i want to hear 
Uh, because it was a, such a different sound than like what they had put out with Rick Rubin, because that was Rick Rubin. Mm-hmm. Um, it would, that this was them. And different than the Dust Brothers with Paul's Boutique. It's it, it well, and Paul's Boutique was 100% them. Just the most. I think it's the most samples in any album of all time. Yeah. And like you know, I, I love the Beastie Boys. Like so, sabotage the the mannequin that they threw off the bridge. Right here. Right over here in Atwater Village. They, they did the whole thing. It, it was like, you know, a neighborhood job. I mean, when I moved here, it was like, you know, it's very hipster now. But it was like, a, where the Duncan was, was like a check cashing place. You think it's hipster now? I think it's is hipster. I think it's it, it's very gentrified now. Because you have to remember, in, the, in like the late 90s, early 2000s, like my my friend who's, he's not my friend. He's a bad person. But the guy whose dad opened, uh, owned like the Los Feliz, or not Los Feliz, uh, Los Palmas, uh, they had a house on Los Feliz, one of those big mansions. And that's, they bought him the house next door and we were partying in that house, get fucking wasted, and then uh, get in the car and drive to the Del Taco, which was the only, because it is over the bridge. In the city, at midnight, all of the, all of the fast food restaurants closed, no matter what. It's earlier now, now since the pandemic. But like we would drive over to the valley because that that particular this particular Del Taco would be open twenty four seven. And so like we would be driving over here in the middle of the night and then fucking dicking around that par- pulling over, dicking around that parking lot. You know what I mean? Like so it, it's that Del Taco is now the Starbucks drive through. No, that that was a Rallies, I think. That's right, Rallies Burger. That was a Rallies. It was kind of uh, recent, but this one's on. Uh, the, it, like the end of Los Feliz. Okay. Um, and Brunswick. Right. And. Um, Do you think you'll be staying in Atwater for a while? I mean, I probably have to die in this apartment. You love it that much. It's just a, an affordable price. Where all listen, if you're thinking about coming to Los Angeles and you're like, oh, I'm gonna spend seventeen hundred dollars, eighteen hundred dollars, twenty two hundred dollars to live in a one bedroom, I have a, a much better idea. Kill yourself. Like, like you're gonna just fuck everything else up for us worse here. Like, you're just gonna bleed money. Like, don't do it. You can just bleed money at home. Just bleed. You know what I mean? It, it is such a bad idea, and it's not people who live here who are driving up the prices. It's these young kids who have a dream. And you know what? I'm so glad you have a dream. Keep your dream at home. Like. We're, or we're move into a rent control building. You can, but still, even the rent control buildings, like my, my like, so I pay under a thousand dollars for a one bedroom with all utilities included. The, since the pandemic, you can get a place in here for fourteen fifty. It's What's still what? very affordable. And but like, how many places do you know that are doing that? The old buildings, because they have to by law. And so and so, here's the thing. Yes, fourteen hundred might seem like a lot right now if you're working at McDonald's. But 10 years from now, you're going to be the one that everybody's jealous of. I mean, if you can get into these buildings, you know what I mean? Like, I got lucky. How's the turnover in this building? Um, Usually, like, the lady that lives across the hall from me who smokes inside. You're, like, you're, you're whispering into a microphone. I am. I'm like, listen, she's, <laughs> and it's rare for me to, to whisper. But she li- she's lived here so long, she smokes indoors. She's always smoked indoors. Like, are you not supposed to smoke cigarettes? No, actually, we can get her evicted because we can all get cancer from her smoking through the pipes. Oh. So, but like, you know, she's like what sixty five, and she's been smoking inside with the door closed with her girlfriend for thirty years. Good luck. You know what I mean? Like, the, when the maintenance guy will do something in there and then come in here, he will smell like cigarettes, and he'll be like, "It's horrible. It's just horrible to be in there." I'm like, "I am so sorry. Can I give you water, a shower? How can I help you?" Um, but like, you know, she's lived in here so long. I think she pays like five hundred dollars a month. Wow. But like still, you know, it when you're doing all utilities included and they do the rent increase, it's like 8%. So it does jump quickly when like if they're doing it every few years. Utilities include the internet? 
not the internet. It is uh, electricity and gas. So electricity. So in the summer when it's 800,000 degrees, I just turn the air that I have like a 12,000 BTU unit in my bedroom. And of course I know that I'm a bro. Um, I, I am a person that's like from Los Angeles. I'll cover the windows with fucking aluminum foil and I will shut all the blinds and I will make it be an Arctic tundra in here. And it was cold this winter for some of us. It was, I mean, it was, it was, it's always cold. If it's under 50, it's cold. So do you have the heater in there too? I just have this wall unit. I like to sleep cold, so it's fine for me. Okay. But I have this wall unit that like a couple years ago, I mean, I get the carbon monoxide. But, but this goes, wall unit's not going to help you in the, in the bedroom. I don't, but I don't want to be hot when I sleep. Interesting. I'm a person that will open the window in the winter. Really? I'm a hot, I'm a, a, I'm a Guido and a Mexican person. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm sweating. I'm sweating just talking to you. Um... <laughs> But, like, this thing is intense. If I turn it all the way up, it will make the entire... It's, like, built in 1953. I got the... There's only four gas ladies in the city, and I got one of them, and I was like, this is most so exciting! Um, and she told me that she keeps a shotgun under her bed with her dog, and I was like, you're the real deal. Um, but she was, like, telling me that this is, like, a very particular model, and it's just gonna last through, like, you know, the war, and, like, I should be happy with it, but, like, it does collect a lot of dust inside and I will it will set off the carbon monoxide thing so like I shouldn't fuck with it to, to light the pilot they think I should just call the gas company and have them come in yeah. like this building almost exploded because we have like an old handyman I know we need to wrap this up but this building <laughs> almost exploded in May the, the the handyman did something with the gas the the water heater and one night I was super high in the middle of the night and it started the building like this, the, the water heater's right underneath my, like where I am and it started just shaking. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I'm like inspecting everything. By the time I get down to the basement, there's no, it's not shaking anymore. I'm like, so weird. Um, it goes like this for a week. And then finally it starts to really shake the building. Like we're like, is there a bomb? And so my apartment manager who lives next door to me comes over here in the middle of the night. It's like midnight. And she's like, are you feeling this? I'm like, yes. But we, by the time we like walk around, it's, it, we can't figure it out. And then uh, that's like Thursday night. I go to the, I go to the house of the guy that I'm like dating at the time for like two nights. Sunday, I come back and I'm like hanging out in here and it starts happening and she runs from her unit and she's like, let's go on the roof. And like, nobody's allowed on the roof. So I'm like, yes, let's. So we go up to the roof and I'm like walking the parameter of the building. And then like, I touch this pole and this pipe and it's shaking. I'm like, where's this pipe connected to? And the pipe is connected to the basement and it's connected to the, the hot water heater. So we walk down there flames are coming out of the hot water heater and the building is shaking. So of course I have like the gas company on speed dial because of how many times I've had been like, Oh, something's wrong in my apartment. I call them. They're like, if you can unplug it, just fucking unplug it. So we unplug it. And we all, they tell us that the building can explode. Go everybody in the building is waiting in the streets. And like, so we're all hanging out like, Oh, this is weird. They come and they're like, dude, he had it set up all wrong. And then when he fixed it, he fixed it so that it would leak carbon monoxide into the apartment beneath me. So like, I mean, this, this building, that's why I'm like, this building is like one of those things where I'm like, something's wrong with my building. It's going to be weird. Please come and help me. Um, but like, there's been a bunch of stuff like that. So maybe don't move into a rent control building. I mean, do, because if you're going to, if you, if there's something wrong with your building and, uh, first of all, if you have trouble with your uh, landlord, go to the tenant's rights 
activists. They are in West Hollywood. Just look up Google tenants, right? Activists. It's in West Hollywood. Get there before 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning and they will fuck your landlord. They will fuck your landlord. I had a guy, I had a roommate one time who brought bed bugs home, but bed bugs are not your problem when you're a tenant. It's your fucking landlord's problem. And he tried telling me I had to pay half and you know what happened? He had to eat shit. Uh, and you don't fuck with people like that. Pestilence, that is a building problem. Anyways, you do need to wrap up. People, I'm sure, have already fallen in love with you. Oh, man. How can they slide into your DMs? What um, are your... Uh, I would love for you guys to slide into my DMs. All you have to do is go to at Sabrina C on pretty, th pretty much anything, and it's at S-A-B-R-I-N-A-S-E-E. -E. Oh, um, S-E-E. Yeah. Okay. I, like, I'm Sabrina C, um, but my last name starts with a C, so it kind of like lends itself. So that's uh, Twitter, Instagram... Twitter, Instagram. I I have a TikTok, but I don't. I, I use it to for for like work purposes to find and now, videos. And now, uh, are you a single lady? I am a single lady. So we if know. If you're a single lady who likes, if you're a single lady, if you're a single lady who likes baseball, come be my friend, actually. <laughs> but if you're a single guy who likes baseball, don't slide into my DMs. Like, how does he do it? How does he make his move? Just like talk. Do Should it he at you if on it's Twitter. On, if it's on Twitter, you can just at me and do it in public. Like, if we get a rapport, I will fucking slide into your DMs if I'm interested. You'll make the move. I should. It would be the green light. You know what I mean? Like, oh, and it could be if you were going to like, oh, I want to send you something or I want to show you something. Can I DM you? There's a lot of, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not such a narc about it, but like, it is weird when the first thing is just a DM. You know what I mean? Like, let me ask you this then. Dick pics. Yes. Let's talk. Are they still really happening? It does happen. I mean, I feel like, you know. The personality that I'm bringing to the table, it really is like the guys that want me to scream at them, like find me. And it's just like, I won't give that to them. I'm like, I know that you're sending me a dick pic so that I'll lose it on you. I'm just going to block you. You get nothing. Um, <laughs> it is. I'm like, I'm not going to give you a reaction. Or what I'll do is I send them a price sheet. And I'm like, if you want to do this, like, here's what it's going to cost. So glad I asked. Because I think <laughs> I've seen you do that once before. It is. And 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 this is, explain the price. I mean, I, there are arbitrary numbers that I made up that I believe, like, you know, for the time that I get paid to do my actual work, I just break it down to that, like 15 minutes for 25 bucks. You know what I mean? Or maybe 50 bucks. I forget what it is. But So if you want me to look at your Schween. Well, Schween or talk to me. Sometimes guys want me to, like, scream talk at them. Sometimes guys want me to, like, ask me sexy questions. And, like, it, I, it's, it's not... It is weird because I don't know you, but like, if you were like, oh, I run a sex podcast and I want to ask you sex questions, I wouldn't feel like that was weird if that is your work. Right. You know what I mean? But if you're, your name is Dave and you're just like, I post a fucking sexy photo and you're like, like this guy did this to me one time. He was like, I have a smaller penis and my wife's friend came over and she fucked this guy with a big penis. I'm like, why do I have to hear this whole big, small penis story? <laughs> you know what I mean? He wanted to talk about it and I just sent, sent him my price sheet and I was like, if you want me to analyze this or tell you what the fuck is going on or just hear you talk about this weird situation this is the cost do you ever get beautiful penises sure i had the whole dick art project like oh that's right dickipage. that's how dickipage started was how long as ago dick was that though 2015 it was before the trump administration yeah that was a while ago it was a while ago i, I forgot six, that was you 69 dicks and then like i had a ton of them but like you know i picked the ones that were either like magnificent looking or very weird looking um weird stances things like that where i was just like why is this 
Are they still up on the internet somewhere? Well, I had hosted it on Tumblr, and Tumblr took everything down. Oh, that's down. they did. So, it, so I have it. I can go in there and pull it if I want. But like, I, I guess I'm just gonna wait till 2025 and be like, "Would you like it's me, the old dick lady? Would you like one to see almost a hundred dicks with little essays and weird shit that I have uh, the me you, ripping the fabric of my life apart?" Yes, we do want to see that. I would like to think that I am a dick pic expert. Like, if there was a dick pic situation and an attorney was looking for an expert, like, I would hope that they would get my number and I would be like, yeah, I'll look at it. I'll tell you what I see. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's my real life's work. Is a beautiful dick just a a, a traditional perfectly shaped? I think and the dicks are really silly looking. And I think that... The attraction has never been to the dick. It's to the monster that it's attached to. But then, like, you know, it's I guess the way that I guess the men who, like, are, like, less than medium into me are, like, I guess I'll just fuck the chick with the clown tits. They're just, like, novelty size. You know what I mean? Like, why not? You know what I mean? You've mentioned this so many times. Can I ask how, how what size they are? They're a 34G. G. G. I think Gee, Robin Quivers. I think Robin Robin Quivers from uh, Howard Stern. I think she went down from a G. From a G. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think she's the most well-known person who says G. Does it hurt your back? It. Yes and no. I mean, like everything hurts my back. You know what I mean? Now like, it does. I right? know. Part of the reason I stay at a specific weight is because if they get any bigger, it does hurt. Uh, like all the time, not oh, stopping. Oh, if, if, if you gain weight. The boobies come it's the first. first. First place they put weight on. So like. So it's 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 a fucking curse. And so um you know I try I mean like nobody wants to live on a diet but I don't want to cut my tits off. You know what I mean like so I like to stay at a specific weight because like I'm like I can move I can like run I can do I mean it, it's probably comical to watch but like you know what I mean I can do the things that I want to do the things I like to do right um and I think quality of life is important. And I don't want to have surgery. I'm not interested. In what do people get wrong about women with larger boobs? I just think that, uh, I mean, I can only speak for myself. So, and I only am going to. Like, if I'm not talking, I think people think, because I have, like, big eyes and soft features, that I'm, like, a fucking going to be a mark or something easy to, like, sway or dick with. And, like, I'm not. And so it is, when I open my mouth, it is talking to your friend Kyle from, like, a frat, you know? And so it, it is a juxtaposition that a lot of men who are uh, uh, attributing a very specific narrative to me, like soft, sexy Marilyn Monroe kind of shit. And I'm like, wrong. I'm like fucking like Jane Russell on steroids. A little bit mean. But look, my dad's buddy when I was a kid was this guy who was a repo guy. Okay. He taught me how to fucking hotwire car when I was 13. And he taught me how to take a fucking club off. You take like uh, antifreeze or hairspray, spray right in the lock in the middle until it's cold and pop it once with a hammer. And it may take more than once, but you'll get it. Um, he taught me a bunch of shit, but he also taught me about like fucking prostitutes because that's all I like to fuck. And he would be like, uh, you know, Sabrina, you only pay a prostitute to leave. I mean, he made, he made it make sense. Right. And like, he also was just like, look, you are Jane Russell. You are a little bit mean. You're like your mom, but it's, it works for you. Legs for days. That's what's up with you. You know what I mean? He explained a lot of things I fundamentally did, didn't click make sense to me until I was like well into my thirties. But like, it was like nuggets of whore wisdom that I was just like, 
hmm, okay. Like, this guy knows what's up. But it was like a glimpse into how a man, like a real glimpse into a man's mind that wasn't like censored for me. You know what I mean? Like, I was going to Catholic school and I had all this other like bullshit, but it was like, you know, the blender of who I am like is like all sorts of bizarre parts where it's like, it's why I'm like, look, I, I do think men are kind of monsters, but also I'm like, I do know the potential is in there for something greater if you can tap into it. But like so much of it is facade bullshit that is like peel I don't want to peel back the layers of a man if they have done a bunch of work and even if they're a fucking mess still if they're working on figuring it out I am interested like tell me your story what is your nightmare shit what is your good shit like if you're gonna be like nothing bad's ever happened to me welcome I'm here you know what I mean this has been fantastic thank you Tony way better than I expected oh thank you way better than I expected thank you When's your podcast going to come out? You know, me and my friend Sarah Ben and Costa talk about doing one called like fucking a bro show where we just scream at each other. Uh, here's the thing. The problem is that I have a bunch of ideas as you've already tapped into. And like sometimes it's just like, what should it be? I, I may just start a quiz. You know what I mean? It has to be something. I don't just know. Just start. I, I know that you're going to be that guy that's going to be like, have you started? Have you started? Uh, no, because I'm busy doing my own crap. You're like, listen, but do it. I feel like I should have started this thing 20 years ago. Well, here's what's fun now. I think having perspective to do it is different. Like, like when I'm working on projects where people are in their 30s and 40s, they have a really clear grasp on what they're doing. And I think the work is better. No offense to, you know, a wonder kid at 25 is doing some shit. True. But like, you know, I think that, as I was making my stories, I was really clear that like, that was the time to make the art of my life in that way. And now I can reflect on them and be like, I'll tell you every part of what was going on. Yeah. And I think that that's what makes these things better. And it's like, you know, as you, you can still know young people and talk to young people like that doesn't stop. But like, you know, I knew as a young person that I wanted to talk to people like me because I wanted to understand the shit that they had been through. And a war story from living in a place like Los Angeles is always cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been great. How great was Sabrina? You know who we do errands with in Burbank on a beautiful spring day? Our Patreons. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan, here's a pack of baseball cards. Here's bleacher seat to the game. Here's a pair of Dodger dugout tickets so you too can eat as much as you want and ignore the game. Every donation you hand over helps keep this insane project rolling. So shout out to our Patreons, Nancy Rommelman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Cranky, Ben Welsh, Henry Furman, Jen Adams, The Lonely Chair, Trevor Wilson, and Bree Wild. Want to hear your name at the end of next week's show? Go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. Also, shout out to our Angelinos. To be an Angelino, all you have to do is pay Palace 25 bucks or more, and we will list you on the Here in LA website that Mark Johnson is building, and it'll be there forever. You'll also be given a number to note how early you got in to make this dream come alive. Angelino number one, Allie Miller. Two, George Wright. Three, Rita Joanne. Four, Jason Sutter. Five, Grant Houghton. Six, Rob Baker. Seven, Kev Cheng. And eight is Brenda Garcia. Just PayPal your hard-earned cash to busblog at gmail.com. Want to support us, but gas prices are now a gazillion dollars a gallon, and 
You just ain't made of money? Got it. You can still help. Post your favorite episode on your Facebook page. Oh my God, post two. Tweet something nice about this. Tell all your friends. Tell them how Here in LA is spelled and that it's on Apple Podcasts and Google and even Spotify. Here in LA is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and a guy who'll rate your sweet too, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Orgone and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring this, and MC Brown's Buzznet for first making me aware of Sabrina. It's a sabotage!